The Lazy Girl's Guide too. For girls who want to better their life, but then not have to do too much work. Welcome to the first ever episode of The Lazy Girl's Guide to. I'm Carly Porch, your host, and basically on this podcast, we're going to be exploring a range of topics like The Lazy Girl's Guide to Good Sex, The Lazy Girl's Guide to Wedding Planning, The Lazy Girl's Guide to Good Hair, and how The Lazy Girl's Guide works is... It is that. It is a guide. It is not a manual. It is not going to give you a lot of different instructions. You're just going to dip a toe into these subjects. I've got a range of experts that have stripped back all of these topics. And I'm going to be honest, they've dumbed it down for us. Because when it comes to topics like today's episode on superannuation, I don't want to talk in numbers and big words, I want to keep it basic and I just want to keep it on a need-to-know basis. And that is, in a nutshell, the Lazy Girl's Guide to. And as I mentioned before, today's episode is on superannuation. I know what you're thinking. Why would I sit here and listen to 20 minutes on superannuation? Because... As I have learned, and you will learn in this podcast, it could literally save you hundreds of dollars. This podcast is going to give you the tools and the empowerment to do just enough to safeguard your future. And you're really going to get a handle on why this is so important. I was genuinely shocked during the making of this podcast of things that I learned about my own super, and I'm going to share them with you. In the spirit of the Lazy Girl's Guide too, I know nothing on this topic. So I have finance expert James Musa. He owns Life Sumo and I love the concept of his business. He runs adulting classes for anyone and everyone that basically knows nothing on these huge topics. He joins me now and James, I've got to tell you, I felt really guilty, but I literally know nothing on this topic. Don't, don't feel guilty. <laughs> You're not alone. I promise. All right. Let's try and not bore people with this, but it is something important. Let's even just start at the very beginning. Like what even is superannuation? Yeah, it's just a future savings plan. It's there for you for when you retire. People tend to sort of switch off when you say super because they think it doesn't apply to them. What we try and get across to people is next to you buying a house, it might be the biggest investment you ever make. And it could potentially be worth millions by the time you retire. So you kind of have to pay attention. So that's something I've never paid attention to until I knew I was doing this podcast. Then I actually started doing a little bit of digging around. We actually met before this podcast and you said something that really pushed me into making that phone call to find out what the hell is going on in my superannuation account. You said, well, if you had a big pile of money in the corner, you wouldn't walk past it every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you're in your late 20s, early 30s, you might have dollars $30,000 sitting in a super fund somewhere. And the attitude we take is, well, it's not my money. I can't access it now. Mm. So why do I care? If you could access it now, you would care. If you could have that money sitting on the ground, uh, you wouldn't walk over it. I can understand why we can't just go in and dip in at any time. But I've heard different reports on this. Like, is there a thing that you can use it to buy a house or? Yeah, what's happened um, to help young people get into the property market, the government have worked on a scheme where if you contribute to your super for a period of time, you get to claim a uh, tax deduction for that contribution. You can draw back on that contribution to help go towards a deposit for your house. Wow. But you've got to make the money first. Yeah. I have been a typical lazy girl when it comes to super. So my first job was at 14, nine months with McDonald's. I got told I had to have a super account. So I just filled out the paperwork and did it then and there way back when. Never, ever have I thought about it. Never, ever have I addressed it. I didn't even, up until I knew I was doing this podcast, know how much was in it or what was going on with it. Mm-hmm. 
So I did a bit of digging and I actually found out a few interesting things. So I'm 30 years of age right now. Get out of town. I know. Do I sound younger? <laughs> <laughs> and I found out that in my super at the moment, now I have no idea if this is good or bad or, or whatever, I've accumulated $27,750.80. Is How am I doing for a 30-year-old woman that's worked probably full-time most of my 20s? Yeah, look, that honestly sounds about right. Okay. Um, could, could it be more? Well, it depends on what you choose to do with it. So don't think that you're behind or uh, worry, you know, are you ahead? Because you can't possibly know. You've got no idea what everyone else's situation is. But from my experience, yeah, if you're in your late 20s and you've got around about twenty five to 30,000, you're pretty much on the money. Okay. When you say on the money, how much these days, someone of my age, do I need to retire? Because what's the retirement age now? 65.5 right now. Okay. Yeah. So how much realistically, if I wanted to, on my 65th birthday, chuck in the towel and, and go and retire and get a camper van or something, how much realistically do you need, do you think, in your yeah. opinion? Yeah, of course that depends on what everyone wants out of life. Everyone's got a different situation. Yeah. But if you want to have a pretty uh, pretty modest lifestyle in retirement, you're looking at around about the 1 to 1.5 million. What? Yeah, get, right of accessible um, assets that, you know, you can live from at that time. So, and that sounds like it's crazy. That sounds like it's out of it's, this world. It does, because it's like, whoa, am I going to retire a millionaire? You, well, that's the goal. I, I that's what we need to be. I scratched together change for Zimbreros the other uh, day. <laughs> yeah. And that is, that is the joy of being 30. That's what it's all about. But uh, your career is going to change. The amount of money you make is going to change. How you look at that as an investment is going to yeah. change. So I know it sounds crazy, but things work um, exponentially, which means as long as you keep focused on it and you keep it investing in itself, then and you have it in the right area, it will grow on its own as well. And that's what we need to be doing. So at the moment, I've fluked this. I've been lazy about it. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't even know how I arrived at that number. Yeah. Um, I have just literally had that account rolling. But I learned something interesting about superannuation. When you pick that account which I did zero research for, uh -huh. they actually invest that money on your behalf. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where people get it uh, a little bit confused. They think that the super is the investment. It's not. The superannuation, like you've got rest super, yes. there's sun super, Macquarie super, there's all sorts of super funds out there. They're just the vehicle. So when someone says to me, uh, is rest super a good super? It's like saying, is Toyota a good car? It doesn't really mean anything. It's not until you know what happens to the money after it's been in the super fund that you know what sort of engine is actually driving that. So Rest Super, in your case, uh, will have taken that money mm. and they go and invest it in a bunch of different things, uh, cash, property, shares on what? your behalf. So I have shares in property. You have shares, yes. Oh, my God. You're I a mogul. The resume. <laughs> you are a mogul. It's all happening for you, Carly. It's And it's happening for everyone. This is part of the... Uh, part of the process. But where it falls apart is that there are some options that are absolutely perfect for a 30-year-old uh, and there are other options that aren't so great for a 30-year-old. Okay. Well, as a lazy girl, I can't be bothered to do the research. You're just going to have to give them to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it depends on the car. It depends on the vehicle. So yeah. uh, Rest have got a bunch of options. Sunsuper have got a bunch of options. That's kind of where you need to get some help in understanding what those options are and what that means for you because you have a choice. And you're right. Most people don't realize that they can actually choose 
what happens to their money once it goes inside the super. Yeah, that's crazy. So there were a couple of interesting things I started to find out. Literally, all I had to do was make a phone call. So Yeah, it's simple. It's simple. You can just make a phone call to your uh, superannuation to find out things. I found out that there was an employer that I worked for for nearly a year that didn't pay me any super that I couldn't find in any super fund. So you can ask for them to do a check on what you were paid while you're at an employer. Yep. And I found out that that employer did not come up under my name as paying me any superannuation. Uh-huh. That's nearly a year of my working life full time. Yeah. So it kind of, I was like, oh, that's, that's not good. So if someone does a bit of digging after listening to this, what are their options if that happens? Yeah, so that is so common. It does happen. Um, and in the bad old days, so from up to the end of last financial year, that was happening more and more. But the government have actually put a step in place called SuperStream. And now all employers have to pay through the government to get to your super fund, whereas before they used to have to pay directly to the super fund. Mm. So there would be many, many employers out there who couldn't afford to pay the super who just wouldn't do it. And they would hope that you would never find out or that you might find out when it's too late. Uh, If that employer is still active, if they've still got uh, a company and a business, the first thing you need to do is contact that employer directly with a well-worded letter that says, uh, I know you owe me super and it hasn't been paid. Here are the records. If you don't pay it, then we're going to go to the ombudsman and we're going to chase this up. Now, as a lazy girl... Uh That seems like a lot of time and effort. And also, what if you get pushback? Because this is quite a big company that I worked for back in the day. They're still a big company that I'm a little person. (laughs) Um, Is that overwhelming to do? Like, is everything working in my favour if I was to put that letter forward? It is absolutely in your favour. And the bigger the company, actually, the more likely they are to want to comply with the law because uh, if they get found out, there'll be an audit, an investigation. They know that they've done the wrong thing. Right. Okay. The second thing I found out that was also interesting about my super is uh, years ago, I uh, worked for a company for a period of time doing some admin work. Uh, they actually, on my behalf, opened up another superannuation account, which I I didn't know about. Yep. And at that time, they were putting hundreds of dollars in there. When I checked my own super, they found this other account and said I had to ring this other super fund and I could consolidate it and bring the money across to my other super. Yeah. So when I rung this other super account, what started off as hundreds of dollars over the years and admin fees of me not knowing or having any idea uh-huh. has now dwindled down to $89. Well, that's a good outcome, believe it or not, wow. over that time frame. Yeah, yeah. So there are people that are listening to this right now that think probably like I did, oh, it doesn't matter to follow this stuff up, but you literally could be losing money. Uh, you will be losing money. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's not uncommon for people to not know they've got these funds and that uh, they might have worked for a company for a short period of time, but those fees do eat into the balance and eventually it'll just wipe itself out. Now, again, from here going forward, the government's put steps in place to help with that. Um, Any money that's in those types of funds gets rolled over to the government and you can always claim it back later, but if you, that's only from this year onwards. So if you've had uh, jobs and you don't know where your super is previously, you need to chase that and chase it now because it could work its way down to nothing. And a couple of hundred bucks, that's your money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting because now that I have looked into this and even right now in front of me, I've got this figure written, I feel some sort of ownership over it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before I did bury my head in the sand, I was like, oh, I don't want to know about it. But I also know enough to know that 
when it comes to finances and investments and that type of thing, I'm not the most knowledgeable person. And I, I, I feel like now I know that I've got this money there. I don't really care to do enough about it, if that makes sense. I'm happy for it to just sit there. Right. But going forward, what are my options to kind of make sure that I am getting to, as you said, that scary figure of a million dollars so I am comfortable? Yeah. So the, the easiest way to sum that up is it's an acronym that we use uh, a lot with LifeSumo, and that is uh, to gas, right? G-A-S, gas. Uh, I don't know if you can bleep on a podcast. We can swear on a podcast. We can swear. Oh, we can do it. Oh, excellent. Which is great. All right. Well, um, we talk, we, we say gas and that, that stands for give a shit. Right. Right. And that's your swear word? That's, I know. Well, <laughs> I, I should have gone for GAC. G-A-C-C. No. Um, yeah. Give a shit. Uh, you're right. I can use that or a regular. Or you could say gaff. Gaff. Oh, oh, oh that's oh. good. <laughs> give a fruit. That's excellent. Um, yeah. So, so look. We know that you're the lazy girl mm-hmm. and the, the crazy part is that you're not on an island. Everyone is in that category. And I think it's a little bit mean calling yourself a lazy girl because you're not lazy. The thing is that this is not an area that you've got a lot of experience in mm. and you've got a lot of expertise uh, as a radio presenter and, and doing what you do on a daily basis. Um, so it's no wonder it takes a back seat. But when the radio presenting is over, when your actual careers are over and you've got to support yourself. Mm. And we know that the age pension age is going up. We know that the amount of money available to pay the age pension is coming down. We know that we don't have the people working to pay the taxes, to pay the pensions. You've got to care about yourself. And although it takes a little bit of effort, it's not a lot. So you can still be the lazy girl. Uh, but this little step that you've done, it took you a few minutes to call the super fund. It, it really did. And that's what's interesting because normally, um, and I guess doing this podcast was the catalyst for that, but normally I would think that's future me's problem. Yeah. So it's it's interesting you say now that it is something small like making a phone call. And it's interesting because I've just been given a number. But even the fact that I now don't have that other account, I've got $80. I, I earn $89 yeah, yeah, from just right. making that phone call, yep. I guess. And not making the phone call cost you $300. Yeah. You know, if we had done that last year or the year before, yeah. there might have been a bit extra in there. And so um, this is one area where uh, you kind of have to do something. Yeah. And the, the the problem is that we think it's our old me's problem, mm. right? When I get to 40 or 30 or 45 or whatever, I'll deal with it. The problem there is that, that it's too late because you haven't made the steps you need to make. And the way that compounding works, and we won't go into it today, but the way compounding works, the sooner you make the right decision, the better the long-term result. Because if you invest that money in your super properly, that is if you go to the vehicle and you get the best engine you can get for that vehicle Mm. at an earlier age, you're going to hit that million-dollar mark a whole lot easier than if you leave it until you're 40 or 50 and you've only got 10 or 15 years to make it work. I would say that I'm on a very average wage for for an Australian. Like I'm not on anything ludicrous. So I just, I can't get my head around that million dollars um, because I think, well, I couldn't imagine even earning a million dollars in my career, which I, I might, I don't know. I'm very bad with numbers. I'm dyslexic <laughs> when it comes to numbers. How do you hit that? Like now I've got this number. Is there anything I can do? Like basic yep. level stuff? Because I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to go out and read books on how to invest it right sure. and things like that. But 
Is there anything I can do, like even opting paying a little bit more? Or Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the government's taking care of part of that for you. So it used to be 9% goes into your super from your salary. Yep. That's gone up to 95 And over the course of the next few years, that's going to go up to about 12%. So there's actually going to be more coming out uh, from your employer going into your super anyway. The government's also turned around and said, we'll give you a tax deduction for any money that you do contribute into your super. So if you had an extra uh, $500 a year that you wanted to contribute to your super, you would actually get a tax break of that for that $500. Wow. Yeah. So you get money back. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, through your tax, absolutely. Yeah. We've learned a lot today in this podcast. <laughs> today, people listening to this going forward, they might have been in my position, which I was in just a couple of days ago, full disclosure, where I had no idea about any of this stuff or how to navigate it. What are just three easy steps that people can do to get on top of this and make sure that, hey, maybe they hit that million dollar mark? Yeah, the first is definitely to gas, give a shit. Uh, <laughs> or gaff. <laughs> or gaff, whichever way, however you swing. Um, definitely gas or gaff and uh, and make a phone call. And if you don't know what super funds you've got, and that's okay. You can also log into MyGov if you've got a MyGov account mm-hmm. you know, on your phone, and that will actually tell you where all the supers are that are under your tax file number. Uh, so that's a good starting point. You can't make any decisions, lazy or not, until you've got information. Yeah. So get information. Number two, um, don't have multiple funds if you don't need to. Right. Okay. okay. You want to pay less in fees, so you want to consolidate those. Uh where you consolidate them, that's where it gets a bit tricky. So if I was the lazy girl and I, I, didn't, am. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't want to make those decisions myself, yeah. I would talk to somebody who does know about that to make sure that they give them advice around which fund to use, which vehicle to use, and also what engine to have in that vehicle. Outsource. Lazy girl's solution to everything. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So just do you mean like a local financial planner? A financial planner, yeah. Or even at least even the super company that you're dealing with. If you don't want to go and talk to a financial advisor, a lot of people think that that might be expensive or difficult or scary. Uh, At least talk to the super fund. But don't forget, they're going to want to sell you their super fund. Because I wouldn't even know what questions to ask them. No. Well, I, I suppose the questions that you would want to say or you want to ask them is, um, I'm 30 years old. Yeah. I don't have a lot of information about this. I would like my super to grow. Um, what options do I have for making my super grow? Right. And they should be able to help with that. Uh, but they're most likely going to point you in the direction of someone who's qualified yeah. to give you that advice. And one more step. Is there another step or is it just as simple as one, two? Uh, two and three, I think you should contribute. I, I think that you should be uh, contributing a little bit into your super. And while it might not seem, well, it may seem like a lot, you know, 500 or $1,000 a year, that's a lot out of some people's pays. Uh, but that does add up over time. And it will make a big difference uh, in 30, 40 years' time to make that little contribution. So I'm going to make you do quick maths here. Sure. If I leave this conversation today and uh-huh. I don't do anything, Right, I'm 30 years of age. Say that I keep earning the same salary. Yep. At $27,750.80, will I hit the million dollar mark if I do nothing today? Unlikely. Sorry, Dink, that's. I've got to make a call. You've got to make a call. (laughs) But but what we know is if you're on an average earning capacity in your lifetime, you're going to have about 260,000 will go into your super just as a portion of your income. What is the simplest way 
besides, well, is it just you contribute more? Like I pay a little bit more and that's what will tip me over. Is that the simplest way to do it? No, there, it's, you gotta, it's not just the contribution, but also the investment. You've got to look at that underlying engine. If you don't fix the engine, the car's not going anywhere. Okay. So lazy girls, we've learned a lot today. Uh, your head's probably spinning, but the best thing about all of this is you don't have to wear a bra to fix any of this. You can do it from the comfort <laughs> of your own lounge. Is just a couple of phone calls, really, to yeah, sort I do all it with no out. pants on. <laughs> exactly it's easy. right. Yeah. Well, you know what? You've actually helped me navigate a topic that I thought I knew nothing about. I feel a little bit more enlightened, and my head's not spinning, and I'm not scratching it either. So you've done a great job, and for you to go through and find out that information for yourself, awesome. To be honest, I do. Feel a little empowered now. You're I think I could uh, rock a power suit, maybe a shoulder. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the first ever episode of The Lazy Girl's Guide to. I hope you took something away from this. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear more and learn more, you can hit subscribe on The Lazy Girl's Guide to. Coming up next week, I'm going to be catching up with wedding expert extraordinaire Kirsty Lyle. And we are going to delve into the world of wedding planning and how we can make that as least stressful as possible possible.